defining the kings and queens of Kenya sports. This is the Podstar Review Show with your hosts DX and DY. Haribu. Yes, DX. Tell me, how was your week? My week, uh, so far so good. Uh-huh. Valentine is over, thank God. Thank God. I hope you got roses of chocolate at least. I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, whatever, whoever you are out there, you're letting DX down. Honestly. <laughs> at least got it should have gotten her some skuma wiki. It would have worked at least. It's okay. Chamuhimu ni uhai. Chamuhimu ni uhai. And like someone said, I saw a meme today saying that uh, now that we have malizard with the Valentine's thing, uh-huh. and we go back to our normal memes and life and we'll all be happy. Yeah. There's no heartbreaks. There's yeah. no expectations. If you are taken out, good for you. If you are not taken out, good for you. Yeah. Just love yourself, people. But good news. Mm-hmm. Um, We released the Valentine's special on the Valentine's Day. Yes, of ladies true and love. gentlemen. My word. Good news, the gentleman a few days ago went on bended knee and proposed, and proposed to the girl then. Congratulations. Congratulations to the lovely couple. We wish them bliss yeah. and uh, may they find uh, strength. Love is a beautiful thing. We yeah. wish you everything beautiful and joyful in marriage. Yeah, and a little blindness so that you cannot always see the badness in everyone Amen else. Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> so today, uh, without further ado, uh, we're going to be discussing one of my absolute favorite podcasts in Nairobi. Uh, I think it was um, Breath of Fresh Air. When I listen to it, uh, it is by a gentleman by the name Tony Ndongo, and it is the My African Startup Story. Running an African startup is very different to running a startup anywhere else in the world. There's the tech OGs, guys who've done it for a while. There's the new kids on the block. There's the VCs, impact investors, government stakeholders, and everybody else. It is a crazy show. And if you have been running a startup or know somebody who has, the one thing everybody has is war stories. My name is Tony Domo, and my African startup story is about those war stories. It's about trying to find the African inside the business, wherever the startup founder is from. It's about being able to stand up for what you believe in, to keep integrity at the forefront of what you're running, and try not to go crazy while you do it. So even as you listen, whether you're a startup founder or in any of these sectors I've mentioned, may you learn something, be inspired, maybe even start your own business. Welcome to my African startup story. Yeah, very good podcast. Yeah. It's Tony with a double E. Yeah, Tony. 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 Very good story. Yeah. Basically, mind-boggling. It will get you thinking about your life, mm. get you started, mm. and make you want to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, I, I think we don't have many of this technical type of uh, podcast in Nairobi that actually highlight the entrepreneurs in Nairobi and they give it a face that we know. You know, someone speaking our language, having references about Nairobi or uh, different parts of Kenya yeah. and the way they view it makes you feel as though I should be part and parcel of it. Yeah, it's so very interesting to hear that people started with, you know, a salary of 1,000 shillings Others just twenty five thousand, and now, now they're, they're running, mobiles. you know, multi million. Yeah, multi million. I like the like they're um, they're about thirty one episodes. Yes. And um, he's broken it into different people that he's interviewing or different uh, entrepreneurs per se. And, and for all, most, there's a part one and a yeah, part two. Yeah, he at least it gives you enough time to listen in to what gems these guys have to give. And on episode one directly, 
eh, about yeah. the, um, there's a li- there's a lady who started by waking up early and selling flowers with the mom. Wow, yes. And you know, at it, 19. At 19. And you know it made me understand so much about how it is important that we inculcate this culture in our kids. True. So that because you see for her it was hard doing the rounds for picking flowers and maziwa with her mother that decide that made her think now that we always do this trail yeah. can i also pick flowers and go and deliver them to the city market, city market. yeah yeah and she did that for some years grew into and grew it fashion, into fashion and grew into yeah, and t- yeah classes and like she she teaches you how to be put together what are they called uh, i wouldn't know i'm not put together am i <laughs> all the podcasts about tech startups are definitely a good listen for me yeah and one specific one was about the bit oh, bitcoin. bitcoin yeah yeah with john wainaina yeah and cryptocurrency and oh. all that like it was so mind blowing understanding what what it is the reasoning behind it why it hasn't taken off why kenya is such a big role player in the bitcoin you know, market let's just start by saying the moment i you know i said listening to it and um the title was about bitcoin i was like ah, it's one of those you know yeah. ponzi schemes scheme. pyramid scheme but to actually have him break it down how he started and how he moved from computer science and doing a becoming a producer and getting into the tech space and what involvement that uh, places like Nylab and um uh, I have had yeah. in the correlation to this project was phenomenal as in one of the things that shook me about him was when he spoke about in 2008 he had a version of Facebook to himself wow that was so interesting he ha- and he had 24 fucking thousand subscribers like, and, and I was then- like Wow, that was because so that's the same time. That's the same time Facebook was coming up. 2008. Yeah. Um, This is your tech OG, by the way. You've been around for a minute. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been around for a minute. Yeah. And that time, I had um, a project, a social media network, much like uh, what Facebook is today. Uh, called, yes, you had one. I had one. It you was had, called Wife. Was called I know. I want people to understand. Yes. You had a Facebook. I had a Facebook yeah. uh, sort of social network. That time, it was very popular in 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 in, in Kenya, in Nairobi. A lot of people were into dating sites. Yeah. Uh, the social media wave was just beginning to take off. Yeah. So I sort of um, built a, a system. Uh, a social engine system that was allowing people to sort of connect um, much like in the way uh, Facebook does but the twist was we were also using SMS um, in, in the platform so somebody could come on live sign up and be able to send uh, text messages to you know whoever they wanted to send to so what ended up happening is um, a lot of people who are doing businesses would come on our system and then send SMSs to their to their, their 
customers. To the customers. So if your business was called, uh, what's called your business what? It was like a ladies shop called Beauty Shop. They would send an SMS from Beauty Shop to their customers. So that became very popular. Um, I think we reached about 24,000 active users. 24,000 in 2008. This is this is 2008, 2009, 2010. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't believe it in Kenya, in right Kenya, here in our own backyard. I was like, no freaking way. And I, I didn't. It, it, I don't want to expose how young or old I am. Eh? Mm -hmm. Tell I'm us. on the young side. Tell us <laughs> but it, it made me go back to back some of the things he was talking about, the chat rooms and the forums. Mm -hmm. I remember all of us joining um, you know, Yahoo Messenger and we kept on, you know, sending ASL, age, sex, and location. And we were trying to find how this correlation between people abroad and we didn't even know. So long as we had a chat room, we yeah. felt as though we knew one another. And to mm -hmm. think that part of those chat rooms were actually built and run by Kenyans. Very is interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, but it was well before the time, he said. Yeah. And I think funding also yeah. played a role, but... Uh, no, in, yeah, like, and technology was not accepted at that time. True. Because Safaricom, who was supposed to be their um, platform, a enabler, mm. didn't have the capability to do whatever they, they required. Yeah, and also that general perception of Kenyans yeah. of wanting to accept things from the West, yeah. but not being very like yeah. accepting of what has Local. been made locally. But and you see, I think that is that that's a question I'd want to you know to try and break down because what is it that makes us as Kenyans not be to be hesitant in accepting uh, local ideas vis-a-vis foreign concepts mm. because we always have this thought that you know these mzungu is uh, they're better and a lot more educated than us but after listening to this podcast one of the things that i found out is some of the things that we didn't appreciate were being run by kenyans along because like the bitcoin like you said there was a time he said bitcoin had the fastest transfer rate Yes. In the whole freaking world that you could actually transfer from Bitcoin to money, to money, cash, cash, yeah. cash. And the other way And around. the other way around in the fastest way possible. In Kenya. Because of M-Pesa, ladies and gentlemen. Pesa, they were trying to enable cross-border remittance transfers mm. initially, which they still do in a way mm. till today. We came up with a system where you could change Uganda shillings to Kenya shillings through Bitcoin. Okay. We did that. At some point, we had the fastest Bitcoin exchange in the world. Ah, okay. At some point. Calm down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fastest Bitcoin exchange in the world. Yes. Why? Explain to me. Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> that's, hey, the world is big, man. Yes. Yeah, hey. Yes. Uh -huh. Because of, uh, we had integrated with Mpesa. And Mpesa was the fastest payment system in the world yes okay so it was sort of an artifact of using a person at the, at the time yeah. that we were so very mind-blowing definitely tune in you yeah. need to listen to definitely it's a that is an, a must listen to anyone who's out there that is going to listen to this it's a must listen to that episode yeah what else yeah so again olive gashara yeah. Yeah, she's the one who proceeded to do a magazine. Yeah. And she's got into yeah. It was very interesting to listen to her. For me, I related with her story very much You're because feminine. of course. But I re I relate yeah. to a lot of the yes. masculine yeah. techies and startups <laughs> well. Because if you're talking money, yeah. You're yeah, talking about your love my love language. <laughs> oh, that's your love language. My love language. <laughs> So yeah. basically, Olive Gashara was talking about how she started very young, mm -hmm. and so she got very. She used to get underestimated mm. be because she was young, 
a lady and she was petite and pretty, you know. And so she got underestimated by very many corporates that she was pitching to. Mm. But she says she used that as her strength because every time she used to walk into a room, people feeling um, like uh, she yeah. might not perform. Yeah. And when she's walking out, everyone's nodding their head Head's and saying, hmm, you're onto something. Yeah, like, this re- is amazing. One of the things that was funny about that episode was when she says that uh, she had to change her locale for where she used to catch her favorite drink. Yeah, she had to step up a little bit because corporate world was not taking her serious. You know, when they hear at the, at the meetup at Kengeles, eh? they go like, ah, and you're 21 or 22. But now when you start upping your game and you're moving from one location to, you know, one of those have, and you start acquiring like a fake wine, you know, connoisseur and a kawang there and there, you know, mm-hmm. <sighs> Some of us, like our uh, lovely DX here, has developed the serious way. What? Yeah. I have one. Yeah. No, I was, I'm very wet. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm not saying anything. But you should see. She's trying to deny. Listeners. No. No. First and foremost, if she's pitching anything, oh my word. But then again, yeah, she she she's moved around the world, so Excuse- she's a global student. <laughs> Money has been poured to defame me. Do I? I feel like you're on a mission. Is there something you want to tell me? No, no. I am proud of you. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Oh, thank you. Don't owe me now. So, what other episodes? Um. Also, there's one. Uh-huh. The the quote that if you many people think that to be when you're successful, mm. you will be happy. Yes. And that's not necessarily true because sometimes you need to be happy be, to be, be successful. successful. So it's a chicken and egg kind uh, of situation. Yeah. And he discusses this on episode 11. Yeah. And it's very interesting. This chap ends up revealing uh-huh. that he was part of many societies oh, yeah. which helped him rise <laughs> to where he is now business-wise. He ran many businesses. businesses. Uh, some grew, some did not. No. Yeah. And he's the founder of Eat Out yeah. Kenya. And yeah, so he talks about how he even joined the Freemasons. Yeah. The networks, whether it's supper clubs or, uh, you know, the Freemasons, believe it or not. Uh, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, devil Tell me about that. Yeah. So again, I think that, um, you know, they're a very misunderstood organization or fraternity, but it's a very, very simple philosophy. Um, Masons are builders. Mm. And long before machines ever came into play, Masons were building the Taj Mahal, they were building the pyramids, which still exist today, 3,000, 5,000 years later, that we have these structures that were built by people who obviously had some sort of knowledge and skill set to be able to build a superstructure that can last generations. Yeah, and so the Freemasons simply believe that today we're not Masons, we don't, we're not builders. But what the Freemasons believe is that if you could apply the same principles that operative masons applied to building structures but if you could apply those values and those uh yeah values i guess into your own life you are going to leave a legacy you're not just going to disappear and you know so so that's basically and that just took me out (laughs) back guys i was so confused father for most ladies and gentlemen uh as dx and dy we have gone looked at the whole situation we've discussed deliberated and we decided we're going to send in dx to the freemasons so that we can have an up close and in detail <laughs> analysis of what this society really is about 
We are tired of the whole stories of walking backwards. <laughs> no, removing clothes, yeah. walking backwards, in the dark, yeah, chanting yeah, something. Yeah, you know, we are tired. We just want, you know, the truth to be unearthed once and for all. I will neither confirm <laughs> or deny these allegations. Tune in for future episodes <laughs> to see what we have in store. But yes, and, and you know, it, it makes me wonder, as in, like for him, he says it was just a journey. He wasn't joining to become and it's something that he believes and he enjoys. Mm. And at times we are so constrained in our thought line. And we think, you know, it's such a foreign idea and ideology that we may not believe. And one of the things when he was talking about, he needed to find happiness for him to get successful. Yeah. Other than find success for him to become happy. Mm. is in his journeys and his travels, that's when he realized that that balance is not always as everyone has always thought. That you can be successful, but pretty much unhappy. That's true. And I like that um, he comes from privilege. Yes. And he admits that. Mm. And he says some. his family helped him mm. to raise some of that money. Mm. Like Tony Ndungu asks all the pertinent questions mm. when he's interviewing yeah. the people in his show. So, for example, he will ask you, what was your first salary? Salary. What were you making? What, what investment did you come in with? Yeah. When you're saying you started this project. How much? How much did you invest that was yours? And yeah. how much was crowdfunding or funding from other sources? Yeah. And so this guy is very honest and he says that as much as he comes from privilege, the mm -hmm. money wasn't just handed to him. Mm -hmm. He had to prove his concept because mm -hmm. he wanted to prove to his family that they're investing in something, mm -hmm. not just handing out a grant. So yeah. that's very interesting to hear someone say that because we always assume, you know, rich kids are mm -hmm. making it because they have privilege yeah. and whatnot. But it says something, even if they are privileged, it they, says they're held they, accountable. Yeah, if they're held accountable and they're able to sustain a business long term, you know, because yeah. they can't you can't keep getting handouts all the time. At some point you have to step up and do something yourself. I, it reminds me of one of the episodes when he had this Danish gentleman and uh, he's talking about how he came into Nairobi mm. and he wanted to invest and you know like he came he, he says he came with a Muzungu uh, mentality. mentality that I'll come in here three months I'll shake the world and you know get my feet started mm. and he says he came in here and he was in shock and he did not know how to place himself and find his footing and in the long run by the time he now established whatever he does which is payroll.ca.ke uh, yeah. yeah he had invested almost all that he had built as wealth from Denmark. And he says now he's pretty much as much Kenyan as everyone else. Mm -hmm. And he's, there's a statement he said, Kenyans, people say Kenyans absorb a lot of technology easily. Yeah. We have an affinity to absorb technology. Yes. But he said it is only on individual levels. Not business. Not business levels. Business, yeah. Yes. And it made me think, uh, and you know, we keep on hearing about this bureaucratic nature of Kenyan business. Yeah. And we, we cannot put our face to it. And it is pretty much what this guy is saying, as in, on an individual level, Kenyans are brilliant and they accept and internalize a lot of difference and change. But when it comes to your, how you run your business, the duka is still run as a duka. Yeah. As in, people don't really evolve. Like and for example, for me, mm, for a bank, mm, I don't trust the ATM deposit. I'd rather hand it to a human being and tell you, here is my money that I'm giving you for you to put in my account and give me a slip that shows that you have done that. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the problems we have. DX is one of the impediments. Uh, you're not Kenya. That's not Kenya. You know, because you see, uh, and perhaps, let me just ask, why is it that 
you find it difficult to believe that it will be credited into your account. To be honest, this for me is just a trust issue because I have so many trust issues. Who hurt you? Kenya hurt me, okay? <laughs> Kenya has been brutal. Like, literally, from the smallest things, mm. applying for my ID. Yeah. You know, it's either I bribe someone or if they tell you come back in two weeks, it's not ready two in two weeks. Yeah. There you step into an office on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Even if you go in the morning, the guy is not there. They tell you to come back in the afternoon, just find a coat. Mm-hmm. And then they say, okay, come again next week. Next week, same hassle. Like, how are you supposed to trust anything and you see, after that? Yeah, and I think it's one of these things, one of the reasons why people should listen to the podcast is because it addresses and unearths such truths that there's a lot of bureaucracy that we do not see. And perhaps that is the reason why most of our, quote-unquote, people we should be emulating as our own seasoned entrepreneurs, we never get to hear about them. Yeah. Because either the idea could not be sustained, they didn't have the enough finance to run the project, whatever they had, to the long run, because of this bureaucracy. Along the way, they came, they fought, and like Tony Dongo says it, that whatever he's doing with the podcast, he's, he's talking about the war stories. Yes. He's trying to capture, you know, that journey, the difficulties that you have to go through to actually establish something very simple. In Africa. In Africa. Because the pro- yeah. some of these problems are very specific to Tell Africa. me about Elimu. Um, Elimu is a project that was done by one of the ladies that mm. Tony Ndongo hosts yeah. in his show. Mm-hmm. And she basically talks about how she was passionate about children yeah. and education. Mm-hmm. And one day she finds herself in an elevator mm. with Bitangen Demo. Yeah. And he's holding a tablet of mm. sorts in mm. his hand. And she asks him, what is that? And she was always thinking mm. of helping children study. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they have that conversation. And she rolls out this curriculum for children, yeah, which can... is Elimu. So, yeah, um, Bitangen Demo. Um, yes, we're in an elevator. We're in an elevator. And I cashed up. And, and I thought, you know, and it and it really aligned with what I'd been doing anyway. Mm. This whole, like, let me save this YouTube ad for Joy. Let me save this ad for Alex. Let me... I was already, like, curating bits of educational uh, content. Yeah, but it's 20 Already, I was thinking... Right. Yeah. It just... Um, and so... And around that, it was a perfect storm. And, it, you know, this is how Eric sometimes describes the iHub. Engineering yeah. serendipity. So he was starting the iHub there. Yeah. And... And I was hanging out there after work, figuring out how do we do this? How do we take what I have in my iPhone and transfer it into something that looks... Well, in my head, it was the Akash tablet there. Yeah. And um, and how do I build it? And how do I learn enough about the Kenyan education system and the curriculum and how it's delivered in the meantime? So that's how that's how Ilimu started. You make it sound so simple. You, wasn't. you, just, you just... Yeah, you make it sound super... Oh, this is so easy. <laughs> she lets out moves on mm. from that to something else in her career mm. she also talks about in the podcast how they manufactured from scratch, scratch. hardware and software, software. in kenyan, kenyan made tablet, tablet with the kenyan curriculum in it yes with kenyan engineers yeah. although it was done in china yes but the concept but, wow. everything was drawn and driven from nairobi yeah it's just very mind blowing to Listen, yeah, and imagine we have such brilliance in our nation. As in, I, I, I like, I like the fact that on this podcast, we you know it sounds very techy and very centered on, um, you know, tech space. tech space. But he hosts Mudoni, the drama queen, mm-hmm. and and she explains or extrapolates how she grew uh, Winesan 
blankets yeah. and how she built it out from ideas and how she made it a possibility for us to have what we have uh, in Kenyan party scene now. Yes. We enjoy so much because she, she got took into up a concert it, yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, and she made it look, it's okay to have you know, a concert in the weekend or a Sunday afternoon, you just kuja, you hire Kenyan artists. And she says that the problems with hiring and finding finance and how they were not making any money whatsoever until they got to a point where they were getting sponsorship. Yeah. And they were, they were only breaking. And I like the fact that in this space, they are able to get honest. And she says she had to move in. Her, now share this workspace as their office, mm -hmm. as her home. Wow, that's crazy. And now she breaks it down. And, you know, we keep on hearing, you know, such celebrities. And you go like, yeah, you know, that's with oh, only the drama queen. She she's got this, money and yeah. she's got from, she's come from. She's made it. She's made it. But if you get the chance to hear it, it will encourage you to at least try whatever you're thinking about. Yeah. So every time I listen to mm -hmm. an episode, it's one of those you really have to listen to. And yeah. it makes you want to pick a pen and yeah, paper. It, it, does, it does actually make it a, a good uh, drive to work listen. No. It, it needs one in the evening when you just want to relax and you have the time to actually concentrate. Yeah. Because it draws you into thinking the yeah, great what idea. What can I do? I what need can to I change add? the world. I need to do something. Do you know, they are so brilliant. There's, uh, there's an episode by uh, that when she, where he interviews a lady, a doctor. She's called uh, Chao Mbogo. Yes. And for me, the brilliance in knowing that this is a proper academic who's grown through the ranks and who went, studied, and became the best out there in the world, mm -hmm. but came back. And you know, for me, the funny part is her base is, is not built on Nairobi University or, you know, the cliche schools that we think of, the Strathmores. Yeah. She was built by Kemu. Wow, well done, Kemu. Yeah, Kemu or the Meru something, the one from Meru it's University. Right. Yeah. So That's to imagine, to think of it, and she didn't even, you know, the moment she made it, she didn't try and run. She's still a dean yeah, at Kemu. And she wants, and she's de developed brilliant um, caucuses and um, initiatives that bring out tech gurus in Nairobi and giving them opportunities to become the very best. Yeah, so just listening to it, I see why Kwanzaa mm. City is a reality It's a reality, Kenya, yeah. And why we needed a Silicon Savannah you know, like I, in I, Kenya. I understand now when Bitangin Demo, the former CS, when he saw that vision and whatever he was talking about, Kwanzaa City or Silicon Savannah in Nairobi, mm. it's because he had, you know, brushed shoulders with these people. Yeah. And, you know, to us, it sounds like, uh, you know, a far-fetched dream. Or, you know, thinking too outside the box and shida you know, yeah. inje. But the truth of the matter is, these are, most of these people who are on this podcast Kenyan are bread. Kenyan bred. Kenyan raised, Kenyan educated. Yeah. To imagine that someone like John Wainaina has a yearly um, conference yeah. that he runs in the, in, US in the United States of America. Every year. Every year. Yeah. So on we blockchain. are exporting on blockchain. We, is, we are exporting. Thing, and you know, whenever you hear blockchain or cryptocurrency, you think of it as a foreign concept. But to hear that we have one of our own who does a conference annually, Amazing. if it's not going to blow your mind, I don't know what it is. Slow going. clap. Yeah. <laughs> Very impressive. Uh, there's one episode I'd like to talk about. Um, is when he hosted uh, this one of the one of Kenya's amazing, brilliant actors. It's called Mugambi Mpiga. Uh, now he. The, the story behind it is 
this guy, you know, he's an actor from church, blah, blah, blah. He's trying to get into space, but he wants to join uh, into uh, advertisement and things. So he finds he's done his um, undergrad. So like every other Kenyan, they think you go to the Americas. Yeah. You'll find, you Cambridge, know. Cambridge, yeah, you know, Harvard. So he goes Oxford. to New York and he says, after he did the course and they were going out to meet the, an expo where they're going to meet all these prospective employers. Mm-hmm. And you know they woke up, and he had bought a new suit. He's all dressed up and everything. And then when they went, apparently everything tanked because in two thousand eight, the what is it called? The recession. One of the recessions happened, and there was nothing. There's no more employment. And he says he stayed in the states for I think a year or wow. a long period, trying to find where and how do I break even? And you know because there's a lot of shame because you've gone abroad. Everyone knows Ukomaju. And he doesn't even know now, eh? How do you come back? Do you come back? When you come back home, you're coming to become a failure. Yeah. And how, and he's looking how for jobs, and there's nothing out there that oh. he can. And he's a trained advertiser. And he cannot even find what he needs there. And when he, he says he was depressed until he came back into Nairobi. And he joined an advertising company, but he was not happy. Yeah, and you know one of the things is we've that highlighted in that episode is the the thought that as Africans we are so career oriented, oriented. that we do not appreciate many, whatever arts or hobbies offer to us. Yeah. You know, all our arts we were grow, we, we grew up knowing arts are a hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you paint, mm-hmm. eh, you're only part time. Yeah, you need to be a yeah, doctor. Be a lawyer. doctor. Be a doctor that Teacher. can paint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, don't try and be a painter. Uh, a or, or, you sing, sing. or you sing, yes. Mm-hmm. Get the law degree, mm-hmm. then you can, you can always sing. You know, churches are still accepting people to sing. And now he's found his greatest stance by being a director and an actor. That, and he's found satisfaction. And I remember one of the things he said, the greatest satisfaction is when he left that company, when he got the courage to decide... Okay. I'm leaving. It all I'm starts done. with that. And also, uh, the lady, Nivi Sharma, mm. episode 12 and yeah. 13, mm. she talks about do it afraid, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because when she was doing some of these presentations for Elimu, for example, mm. she said the developers quit at night mm. before they did the, the, the presentation. Day. Day. And the thing had a lot of bugs. She could not still, she knew it is not a finished product. Exactly, but she still had to go ahead and present it. So she told her friends, this is what you do. You present this one page and you don't move Move. and you don't Don't do do anything. anything. You don't do anything. during that launch, um, I had 10 Samsung tablets. By this time, I'd realized Akash tablets, you need a, a minimum order quantity of 60,000. And, uh, you know, <laughs> so it was like, well, let's take a step back. And, <laughs> and so we had 10 Samsung tablets mm-hmm. and I'd asked some people to help um, at the iHub. Oh, of course, the day before the, the launch, the devs have quit. Mm-hmm. The devs have quit. They're like, it's not going to work. Wait, <laughs> The They're like, uh, we got another job. It pays better. <laughs> and uh, we've been working on this bug, but we just we haven't fixed it. So poor Lesana. So then the desk. <laughs> 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 
video for a month. Editing all of this. Okay. Oh, so they quit. It's, they quit. The devs quit. The day before the launch, there's still bugs in the uh, major bugs in this uh, in this Android app we were building. And how did you? So the devs quit. Uh, at the launch, I had ten Samsung tablets with um, a very buggy Elimo on it, mm -hmm. and this was a big launch. I had like ten of my friends, and I was like, "Hold these tablets. Do not let anyone take this tablet from your hand and start exploring this app on its own because it's going to crash and be embarrassing. You're only allowed to show them science, parts of a plant, leaf. That's the only page that works. The others will lead you down into a bug. All right? Does everyone get it? And then you show them this video. <laughs> of course, people went embarrassing themselves and me. <laughs> That she encompasses that brilliant belief that Kenyans normally have. Kenyans are the one uh, breed of people I know mm -hmm. that can sell anything in this world. That's true. If they decide, and if you meet people, that's why we have a lot of Ponzi schemes also, because we yeah. believe in, you know, are trying to, you know, if you're going to get, this is that story that maybe you've had it, where the three chaps, you know, there's an interview for NASA and everyone is going for the interview and they keep on asking, do you have C++ and blah, 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 all these tech things and engineering. And then after everything is said and done, they go like, can you speak? Uh, there are left three guys. Mm -hmm. So the last thing is, um, how many of you can speak um, Mandarin or a language? Yeah. And one of the chaps says he can't. Mm -hmm. No, they're, two, they're left two black chaps there. Yeah. And they're told, okay, converse in Mandarin. And these two guys go and break into Kikuyu. Oh, so ah, but doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, 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 the story is the evidence is in the story the that they are force. willing to go that far mm. to ensure things work in whatever way they want. So do it afraid. Do it afraid. Start anyway. Just push, push your idea. If yeah. you believe it, mm. just put all the energy to it and don't it stop. Take off. Yeah. And it will take off. And I think one of the reasons that I think um, even as we try to come to a small wrap-up. I think Tongi uh, Ndongo enhances the belief in Kenyans that it is possible. Entrepreneurship is not a foreign concept. That it's not just about, you know, the thought uh, we have about entrepreneurs is sole proprietor, wakoza, maziwa, yeah. or a stall somewhere. Mm. But we have actual entrepreneurs who are doing brilliant, brilliant and amazing curated things yeah. in in all spheres. Not just in Kenya, but yeah. in Africa and the world. Yes. And we are properly pivoted in the right space. I, all we need is for us to believe a little more in ourselves and actually believe in the selling of our own product and our own capability. Other than every time you hear entrepreneur, we think about uh, Instagram, uh, what is it called? Instagram uh, sales women and men who yeah. are selling the same product to everyone. <laughs> No hating on anyone, you but no, I'm not hating on anyone. But that's that, that's what they think. If you ask kids who are coming after us what entrepreneurship is, all of them won't become. They have something to sell. Yeah, none of them want. You know, yeah, no, yeah. They they want in, to get into this space, and if because it has been ingrained in everyone's conversations, entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, be an entrepreneur, be an entrepreneur. But they don't know how to curate brilliant things that. Or that extra, no, because being an entrepreneur does not mean you don't go to school. Yeah, it means you you actually apply what, apply you, what you studied, and, and you know to address a need. A need. Yeah, and in talking about addressing a yeah. need, yeah, this lady uh, she talks about her parents, mm. so the need for Somali passports. Yes, and went ahead to 
become entrepreneurs yeah. in that space. So it's very interesting. Lots of conversations mm. in the podcast that will definitely open your minds. Yeah, um, ladies and gentlemen, honestly, if these are um, podcasts that I've enjoyed listening, honestly, not just for the review, but listening out for, for my personal, own personal gain yeah. is my African startup story. It's amazing. And ladies, Tony has that voice, eh? <laughs> hey. I wondered where it would come. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, yeah. Hey. He listen has one listen. of those. Listen yeah, to me yeah. just Just like mine. Yeah. Do uh, <laughs> your voice is amazing, by the way. It is. It's built for the mic. No, no, no. But he has a very commanding and very interesting. It draws you. It's very warm and it draws you in. Yeah. yeah. So it's a very good listen. Very good listen. Very gentle on the ears. Mm. Very amazing for your brain. Mm. Thought-provoking. Mm. Definitely change your life. One podcast after the other. Yeah, and Tony Dogo, if you finally get to hear of what we've done, I, I would be so happy if you'd release a, a couple more please, episodes. Please, As please, in you please. are doing, you are in the right spot. And, you know, this is the one person that after listening to him, you go researching about him. And he has a story, an amazing story, because he's, he's a prodigy. He's brilliant in whatever he does. He has, he himself is an entrepreneur. Yeah. And he's a fellow within the Young African Young African Leaders, Leaders Initiative yeah. by uh, the American Embassy and, and um, I think one of those things. US. But he's brilliant, not just in the podcast, but also if you look at his life, is worth listening to. Yeah, so he talks the talk and walks the, the walk. Yep. So DX, how please we... walk there. I will yeah. walk the walk. Yeah, just backwards and without... No, uh, and please don't forget to let us know next week eh? what and how bigger, you know, one day as a. Stay tuned, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, on the next episode. On the next episode, we find out how and what is required to become a Freemason. Freemason. Did she enjoy it? Did she, Did she like it? Did she walk backwards? Was it scary? Was it scary? Did and she make a lot of money? money? <laughs> And with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. And it's always a pleasure to have you guys on. On the Podstar Review Show, please follow us on the socials. Yes. Engage with us. Yeah. Let us know what you'd like to hear more yeah. about. Tell us what you'd like yeah. us to review next. Yes. And tell us what you think about our reviews so far. Mm. Did we get you to listen, listen to, to any podcast so far? We'd yeah. love to know that. Yeah. With that, we will call it a night. Yeah. And deuces. Deuces, everyone. Yeah, cheers.